0: All right, so let's make it plain. Welcome back to the Make It Plain Wayne podcast, where we will entertain, we will heal, and we will build you up. I am Wayne, and this is Elevated Friendship. So for today's topic, I just want to kind of get into it and kind of talk about it. I understand, and I, I, I do hear everybody um, when they've talked about reparations for slavery, reparations for... Not being able to build cities after, you know, 1865. Um, not being able to build wealth and and build towns and build cities and 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 have a name and have a claim and their forty acres and a mule. I understand wanting reparations for you know, not being able to build a family um um free of post-traumatic stress syndrome, free of having someone else's name, free of having the stench of tobacco or cotton, um, you know, still in your rear view. Like, I really do get it. But for me, I'm a little bit different. Um, I I, kind of look at this just as myself. I'm going to be a little bit selfish. Um, So when it comes to reparations, um, for me, the way I kind of approach it and look at it is, Kind of just three things. Um, first, this this is just what I would ask. Would be an apology, um, an explanation, and then friendship. And so this is what I mean when I say that. It's, uh, good Lord. I mean, it's 2020. We're in... 400 years after the the day and the fact and the timing of, uh, you know, 1619 when the, you know, triangle trade, slave trade was, you know, boosted and, and set up and you've got, uh, I want to say a good amount of time that passes before uh, 1865 and you just take the shackles off and the shackles come off, but You know, as you know, once the shackles come off, you make it a law for people, um, that don't have a job that aren't doing anything to be arrested and thrown back into the chain gang as a criminal. So then you have forced labor and forced slavery back on them. Um, you take that all the way through the Jim Crow era and get all the way, you know, I want to say down to, um, the time before my parents were born and you have segregation. And this is for some odd reason where a line is literally drawn on the back half of the store, uh, with two faucets next to each other. And it is labeled white only black only. So the need for that, I really don't understand. Um, when you, you know, actually understand how many black people there are, (laughs) you know, as, as a line that fluctuates between 13 and 15%, I can kind of assume that that water fountain, that water faucet, if it's being used for 12 hours out of that day, there's only going to be one hour total when black people would be using it. So, (laughs) um, You get through Jim Crow era, you get through segregation, you get through, uh, you know, what seemed to be a a pretty nice time. And then you have the war on drugs, which was, you know, secretly and and in many ways a war on the black community um, with factories and industry jobs moving away from, you know, what we called a regular neighborhood meant you know having to travel and and look for jobs that weren't in the community anymore and it was it was known and easily understood that you know up until I want to say um the late 70s and 80s you could work eat live and retire in your community without a college degree and then also at the same time you have uh, the poverty rates and single mothers um, were only, I uh, say like 20 to 25% of the black community. There were only 20 to 25% um, of the black community had single mothers. And then you, you know, get up into the eighties, you know, not just years later, you kick the man out of the home, you get that welfare check, you get all this stuff. And now the single mother is 80% and 75% of the black population. So you've got a lot going on there. And then when each president during that time in the eighties and nineties and present day is tough on crime, that means they're going to be tough on black people. So I had, I had to sit and think, I'm like, Really? It's it's not really reparations that I want. I who doesn't want money? But then you sit and think, it's like, wait. Instead of just throwing a whole bunch of money at the problem, which I'm sure works in all marriages and all relationships, just throw more money at the problem. What about just an apology? Just a, hey, this was wrong. We were wrong. I was wrong, and we've taken the time to do the history and really understand economically what and how and when and where you have been in this country in each level and each stage of it. Now that we understand what you've been through and now that we understand what you're going through, I apologize. I've seen roots. I've seen the 13th. I've seen and understand Harriet Tubman. I've seen and understand what happened to Martin Luther King. I've seen now and and understand um, the new roots, the new birth of a nation, Um, these movies and shows that have been around forever that have just been ignored for so long. So, yeah, I'm sorry. And that's that apology that, you know, it, it comes after, you know, you know that for decades and centuries, a storm has been raining and showering down on 13% of the population as if they caused 100% of the problems. So we fight the wars, we fight the battles, we fought in the Civil War, we fought in World War I, we fought in World War II. Only to have Hitler laugh at us and say, I'm not worried about you black people. And if you come join me now, I'll treat you better than they ever did in your own country. Because they try to kill you and lie to you and trap you up. Just come join us. We'll at least treat you like real human beings. It's like when that's coming from your enemy. God, Who really is your friend? (laughs) You know, I mean, it could be a, a mind, mind trick, mind persuasion, but it's like, what about an apology? I mean, it was bad. It was horrible, but not acknowledging it and not apologizing for it, it just makes the pain a little bit worse. I mean, what else do you need to throw into a horrible story already to make someone feel bad about it. It's horrible. And as far as I know, not one black person got their name back after slavery. So the the remnant of slavery is still alive and exists every day in the last name of every black person. So we can't really move on or, or get on with it because we've been so detached and so broken From our true identity and our true selves that we can't wave an Irish flag. We can't raise a German flag for our German family or Irish flag for our Irish family or Norwegian family or Mexican family. We don't even know. We have to do 80 or 90 different tests just to find out what village we might have come from. But we still don't have the last names. We still don't have any heritage. And the whole go back to Africa thing, well, who would we go back to? (laughs) I mean, you can assume West Africa, but they don't know us there. They're not claiming us there. We're American. Whether people realize it or not, we buy the blue jeans, we buy the Hanes, we eat the potato chips, we eat the American pie, we play baseball. We play football. We play basketball. Yes, we are athletic. Yes, we are entertainers. But has it ever occurred to you that in all that entertaining, none of it was revenge? None of it was violent. None of it was ever aimed at anyone. It was just pure sport, pure entertainment. And when it does get a little bit too heated, when it does get a little bit too vulgar, there's always someone to say something and ask why. Why are you like this? Ice Cube has a great interview on why rap is what it is. And it's because it's a reflection of years and years and years of being neglected. Years and years and years of no apology. Years and years and years of being treated like you are the boogeyman. Years and years and years of being pushed into a hole and having Klansmen terrorists terrorize you in new uniforms. So it's like one of those things where you're watching the movie, you're watching the TV show, and the bully is just pushing Uh, the kid around it's like the the movie 13 reasons why all this stuff is happening you're just waiting for that moment of clarity when they realize what they've done wrong and they'll go apologize and everybody can be happy and you cue the nice music and everything is well and dandy nope no apology no apology for 13 to 15 percent of the country So, okay, I guess you can't apologize. You, you got, you've got too much pride for that. Well, at least give me an explanation. Why the triangle trade? Why 400 years? Why 200 years? Why, why is it that at the same time slavery is broken down and shackles come off, every town and city that I know of is being founded and built at that time. So now I don't know about you, but where I come from, if I have a house built in the same year that a baby is born, my life is a little bit more established than that baby. So just think about it. If you move into your house, at the same time that your baby is being born, what can that baby do to learn all that that child would about how you got in that home and that whole process? It's going to take at least 15 to 20 years. And so what I'm talking about isn't the the age gap here. I'm talking about the culture gap and the illegal status of trying to read as a slave, as a black man or a black woman. If you were caught reading, you could be lynched, you could be hung, you could be cut open, you could be scarred, tarred, feathered, all of it, the worst things. So how at the the, the end of slavery do you have the skills and abilities And the learning to go and do more than what your master told you to. Where do you, where do you learn that? Where do you learn how to market? Where do you learn how to grow an economy? Where do you learn how to do these skills and abilities that you will need to build a city and a town similar to the wild, wild west out there now that you're free? So where's the explanation that's that's all I'm saying. Like, why? Why do it? Why have so much hatred? Why do so much killing of these people that not one time rose up and killed slave masters or killed whole cities or whole plantations? And and if you have heard of a slave revolt, they push it down and quiet it so much so that no one ever hears about it. But at no time did you ever see or hear That all slaves rose up and killed all slave masters. That just didn't happen. So where does all this anger come from? Where does all this uh, superiority as a complex come from? Is it revenge for something that happened a thousand years ago, two thousand years ago, three thousand years ago? Where does all this anger to beat, to rape, and to force black women to feed breastfeed a baby that is not theirs from a slave master where does that anger and that micromanagement come from we watch these movies all the time if you if you watch any movie involving serial killers and then the news with these serial killers, you understand that these serial killers have some type of demented or broken fragment of reasoning. And they trap these women or men, boys or girls in their basement. And you've got what happens in Silence of the Lambs. You've got all these serial killers and the FBI studies them and searches and hunts them. Because they're the only people that can get their mind to bend into that type of, uh, of a framework and thought to be crazy. But that's my question. We have to study serial killers. Where's the explanation on slavery and, and the, the cruelty and the anger and all of the, the behaviors that came from. Klansmen, KKK, and the racism that didn't just happen on the plantation, but went from 1865 all the way to 1965. I mean, we're going all the way up to segregation. And why segregation? What is segregation? Like, what's the point? If we're free, let's just be free. Let's just be out and about. Laughing, joking, high five, why not? What is it in segregation that keeps you safe from 13 to 15% of the population that does not have the police department behind them, that does not have the army behind them, that does not have the political parties that be behind them? Th- 13, 13 to 15% of your body is maybe your arm or your leg in, in a in a portion. So it's, it's like, wh- where's the explanation? Like, why? Why the slave trade? Why the plantations? Why the Jim Crow era? Why start teaching psychology on how to break a people down and turn them against each other and, and then find ways to, Make them hate themselves and value you, and mentally lock them up like a a, like a almost hundred year period of get out. So no no apology, no explanation, no friendship. I mean this this should be the easiest. I want to say the easiest part if you've had the apology you have the explanation it was just greed that's really what racism comes from is laziness and greed then it's easy to have the friendship you you don't need you don't need reparations if you've got an apology an explanation and a friendship Mark my words, who that is a friend of yours is asking you for money if they've had a quality relationship from you? I, I just think about my friends and I and the relationships and the love that we have. Money is so rarely mentioned between us. It's, it might be something that we talk about working toward or what we can do to get more of it. But because of our friendship, We can invest time and energy into each other that will always come back to us as value. And then when it comes to money, we know how to get money from other places and other people. But a friendship, a friendship is a trust and a bond that goes so much further than money. So that's what kind of it it really hit me up. It really hit me kind of hard. I'm like, wow, wow. You don't need reparations if you've had an apology, if you've had an explanation, and you have friendship now. And that's the one thing I feel like is completely missing in this country, is the friendship. Why can't we be friends? It's just like the song. Why can't we be friends? And... I'm just gonna say this, I'm gonna speak for a lot of people when I say this, and I'm gonna be wrong for some of them. On on the chocolate team, the chocolate side, we're not worried or afraid or scared to befriend the vanilla side. Look at our interracial marriages and relationships. Look at our mixed kids. It takes some meeting in the middle to form that. And, and, and interracial relationships are on one side the answer, but on the other note, they're not. Because the interracial relationship, it does actually um, hurry the process. And you actually don't have to do much work <laughs> when you see those two people together and they have that child um because people can say well look at my you know brother or look at my sister or look at them or look at this of course i love white people of course i love black people because of my brother or my sister or whomever they can reference you when you actually have to do the work and say i'm sorry and this is why and this is what happened and this is what my family got out of slavery and this is how it set us up in phase one, in phase two, in phase three, and then phase four of America. I know my heritage. I know my family tree. I know you don't, but I do. So that's my point. A friendship is so much more valuable, so much more valuable than money. I'm i, I, I willing to bet anything you would much rather If you've lost a friend too early, you would much rather have that friend back than a year of your salary. And this is why we cry so hard at funerals when we lose a loved one, because we're not just losing the person um, that, that we were conveniently talking to. We're not losing the convenience of being able to talk to them. We're losing the friendship, the bond, in that relationship. So, all right, you all, I think I've talked enough. That's kind of my view on reparations. Um, there's, there's so much that's been taken from Black people, not just in present day, but in the past, to completely disconnect us from family, from heritage, from rooting and knowing who we are. To the point where we just, like, how could you even go back to Africa? Where would you go? (laughs) And then by somebody saying, go back to Africa, that proves that we were taken from there. So how do you go back to somewhere you weren't taken from? I wasn't born there. I don't even know anybody there. So how do I go back to a place that I don't know? wasn't born in and I don't know anybody. That's actually more foreign and more scary than than anything that we've talked about uh, before. So, yeah. There's a lot, a lot, a lot stacked into reparations. And although that money is a great thing, I just want you to think which would you rather have back? The last person you lost, the last person you visited at a funeral, or $300,000? I'll tell you what, I lost three people during COVID that I could not see. And then the grandparents that lived nearest to me, that were closest to me and, and, and the most active in my life I lost them while trying to pursue money, while trying to pursue a job. You don't get that time back. You can always go ahead and make more money, but you'll never get people back. And that's that friendship, that bond, that love that we crave so much. That is what we need, not reparations. That's just my opinion. I'm happy to be wrong. I'm happy to be proven wrong. If you want to show me how economically that money can do great things and people will know what to do with it. Great. But this is just my feeling. There is no value that you can put on quality relationships and quality friendships because a friend will ride, ride with you all the way through. A friend will take the time to understand you. A friend won't stab you in the back. A friend, even though you have a fight, would rather tell you what's right rather than what's easy. That's a friend. A friend will be there with you when you get married. A friend will be there with you outside waiting when your baby's born or calling you immediately on the phone, if not that night, the next day. True friendship manifests in so many great, great, great ways. Advice, financial advice, home building information, so many great things. So apologies, explanations, friendships, that's what we need. All right. I've got plenty, 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 plenty more, but I'm going to stop there. I love you all. Hope you love me back. I'll see you soon.